Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And Chiefs' kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Hey, welcome, Chiefs' kingdom. This is a special edition of the Out of Structure podcast, or, or actually all the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network covering live cut down day. It's like Christmas or your birthday comes once a year, except for the only difference is a whole bunch of grown men don't lose their jobs on your birthday or on Christmas. We're here watching as as the news comes in. We have some that have been reported, many yet to come, Uh, but I'm live with my guy, Steven Serta and Maurice. And uh, guys, we're what do you th- what are you thinking so far? Any big uh, any big takeaways already, or you just want to kind of get into it? Um, I, I mean, I don't think that there's been anything like majorly shocking from this. Like coming into today, we were all pretty set in stone. The Chiefs were going to carry seven wide receivers. Like we knew that for a fact. And then, you know, Amir Smith Marset just balled all preseason, and so we were kind of sitting back like. I don't know. Should they keep eight <laughs> wide receivers? Like, is he done enough for that for the, him to stay on the Kansas City Chiefs fifty-three man roster? And you know, he didn't. And obviously, we'll get into that stuff. But uh, they, the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid, have never kept seven wide receivers. So them keeping eight wide receivers was a pretty big long shot. So I'm not really shocked that it played out the way that it did. Yeah, I think it was Mira yeah. Smith Marset became somebody that everybody was rooting for. Obviously, the first transaction of the day is trading him away. It sure, it netted a swap of, of future um, seventh round picks, you know, with some strings attached. So it's probably not a, a big return, but it certainly shows that he wasn't going to make that roster. Uh, and and the real the the real seven are were pretty well locked in. From the get-go. Yeah, and I think it kind of showed, too, that he definitely was. They knew he wasn't going to make it back to the practice squad, so let's try to get something for him that we can. There was another trade today that was maybe even more surprising, and it's surprising in the fact that the Chiefs made a trade with a division rival. I guess I don't know if you can still call him a division rival. Uh, the, <laughs> the Raiders of Las Vegas traded uh, the Chiefs, a defensive lineman, uh, somebody out of LSU that we kind of had our eye on pre-draft, uh, Neil Farrell, Jr., He's a big guy, can play that nose or the one tech, uh, just drafted last year. And so somebody with some contract still to go on his rookie deal. Any big takeaways from that trade? Uh, I'm sure you didn't call this one, uh, Maurice, but uh, what, what do you think? What do you think about the Chiefs trading with the Raiders? 
Man, definitely didn't call it at all. Like I was kind of shocked when I seen it, but then I understand I understand why they had to kind of make this defensive tackle thing a, a priority. Um, a lot of people when I was looking up and down the feed, thinking like, okay, that means Chris Jones ain't reporting, ain't done. I don't think it's such a tell of that because of the type of technique position that this defensive tackle plays. You normally don't see, you know, the the the, the, the trade within a division like that, but I think. I think they don't think as the Raiders as any kind of type of competition. And the Raiders, I mean, they probably don't see him as somebody that's going to change the fortune of what they're going to do or the Chiefs going to do so much not to let it happen. Yeah, it's – I don't have a problem with the trade or anything. Like, it's a young player that um, – I think Josh McDaniels is a bad coach, and I think the Raiders are a bad organization. Um so to give up on a young player that quickly and to trade him to a division rivals, probably not the best business practice. Um, but I think it says a lot about where the chiefs are at with Chris Jones. And, you know, it, it's something that we've talked about all off season, all training camp. And, you know, originally it's like, they're going to get a deal done because Brett Veach is so optimistic about everything. And the chiefs are like, it's our number one priority. And now, here we are uh, just barely over a week from the start of the regular season. And it doesn't seem like the chiefs have any idea of Chris Jones is going to be there against the lions and, you know, making this trade. I know he's not necessarily like a Chris Jones type of player is our guy, Jared Sapp pointed out, pointed out. Um, he might be more like a, like a Danny Shelton, like what they wanted him to be. And maybe the chiefs just weren't impressed enough with Danny Shelton. I know he had kind of a rough third preseason outing too. And, you know, Danny Shelton, we were optimistic he could be that kind of middle clogger, just big interior defensive lineman, but he might just be kind of at the tail end of his professional NFL career, and the Chiefs decided to go. They saw an opportunity to go get a young defensive lineman, and so they did it, and they're hopeful that they can develop him into something more than the Raiders thought they could. It looks like a little bit of a lower-cost move as well. Shelton on that veteran contract would have been guaranteed and it stayed on the roster for the first week. Uh, this guy is going to come in a little bit cheaper on that rookie deal from a cap hit perspective. And so worst case scenario, they bring him in. The cost isn't that great. They, they get a, a good look at him. Shelton is probably still out there on the street if they want to re-sign him. I know Shelton was pretty emphatic, though, about not wanting to be on a practice squad, really trying to make an actual roster this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be curious to see if he's actually interested in the practice squad. I'm sure the Chiefs would love to have him on the – on that 16-man practice squad that they can call up at any time. But be curious to see if he's actually uh, interested in settling for that. Yeah, and I think with this move, like, we've talked about it a lot, and I feel like we're, we're really, at least the team at Arrowhead Pride and everybody I've been doing podcasts with, like, it's starting to get real in the interior of the Chiefs' defensive line is starting to get really worrisome where – we spent this entire offseason talking about all the depth across this roster and like being really optimistic about the defense, but it's all built around Chris Jones. And now I'm worried. Now I'm worried week one against the lions where before I was like, no way chiefs lose that opening night of the NFL season. And I still don't think the chiefs are going to lose that game or anything, but the lions are a good football team with a really good offensive line. And I don't know if the chiefs are going to generate pressure against them. So it's definitely a red flag right now. I was very optimistic. I thought I thought this yeah. thing would be getting done and, and taken care of. I'm like, oh, let's Brett Veach to figure out a way he'll pay him and all of that. Like, and I was sitting probably banking on Chiefs being anywhere between 10 and 15 on far as defensive ranking 
if not sneaking inside of the top 10. Now you on without a Chris Jones, you like, man, that means our, our, our corners got to be able to cover a little longer. The pressure's not coming right up the middle. It, it, it changes everything really. Yeah. I'm not, I am worried about Chris Jones not being there. I'm not sure that those two things are completely correlated. This trade to me, he's not a Chris Jones type player. He's somebody that has theoretical pass rush upside, but not actual pass rush ability at this point in his career. Now, Turk Wharton obviously can be your pass rushing three technique at times, uh, and they need just a, a strong guy to play the nose tackle. I think Derek Nottie's sort of been on a downward trajectory, so that this could be, you know, just looking for for bodies there. But uh, yeah, if Chris Jones is not here, the pass rush is an issue. Uh, I, I think that's a given. Uh, but as it as it pertains to roster cuts, the thing to watch with Chris Jones for me is are they going to put him on that reserve did not report list because that would free up the roster spot or keep that roster spot open for somebody else. Uh, but it would be a clear sign that they don't expect him anytime soon. Uh, and they're going to have to go on about their business. If they don't make that move, it, you would think that it's a sign that they're going to maybe have some optimism there. If, if they do make that move, we could be in for a long wait. Yeah. I'm still waiting on the chiefs to finalize their initial 53 man roster. So it, we're just past the deadline right now, so the Chiefs usually take this thing right up to the 3 p.m. deadline, and then hopefully we'll know here pretty quick. But we got a handful of moves to discuss and kind of dissect for this Chiefs roster. So You bet. And there's a couple of minor surprises so far, so let's talk through these. Uh, again, Shane Bouchelle being one of those. Chiefs at this point are carrying two quarterbacks. They've re- released uh, their other two, uh, Bouchelle being – one that they kept on the roster all year last year and protected when other teams tried to sign him. Uh, now he'll go through the waiver uh, wire and, and other teams will have a chance to claim him. I would assume that he's coming back for the practice squad if he gets through there, but are you surprised they didn't roll with three quarterbacks on the 53? I'm definitely surprised. I, I, I thought definitely after the second preseason game, I thought he had a real inside chance up to get to number two spot. Then he kind of came out. Game three kind of flat, two, two bad interceptions. But even then, I'm like, he'll 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 stay on the three. I thought they would keep three quarterbacks, no doubt. Definitely with the new rule coming out where they could have kept them on, on, on the roster and have them there for game day and not count against the game day um, um, total of who you can have active on game day. So I thought, like, yeah, Michelle would definitely be there. But now – I don't know if he makes it back. I don't. I, I really not sure if he clears waivers. Like, like that's a, that's a huge uh, concern. I don't. I don't know if he clears. It. There was a random uh, Twitter X report that uh, uh, the Chiefs had some interest in Carson Wentz. Uh, could this be a sign that they're letting both of the young guys go <laughs> and they're going to bring in another veteran uh, when they have uh, the roster reshuffled this week? I really hope not. Um, <laughs> I don't want Carson Wentz on the roster. Um, I don't, you know, not not even factoring in his poor play. Uh, it seems like the guy's been kind of a bad teammate everywhere he's been. So <laughs> I'd rather just not bring him in at all. Um, but he is a hundred percent the kind of quarterback that Andy Reid would be like. I can fix him. Like I can. Yeah. <laughs> this coaching staff will get the most out of him. But. Now, I think it just comes back to, and on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show, I spent the last two weeks apologizing to Rocky Magana because after week one of the preseason, he was like, we've got a backup quarterback controversy. And I was like, no, we don't. Like, it's Blaine Gabbert. We all know it's Blaine Gabbert. And he's just getting cute in the preseason. And Shane's a fun story. And 
he he's this and this is going back a couple of years now where Shane Bouchelle is this like preseason highlight real quarterback for the Chiefs and I was just like that the the reason that you know last season he was never going to beat out Chad Henney I was like I don't think he's going to beat out Blaine Gabbert and it was a long shot for him to make this roster. And I think the chiefs feel totally comfortable just carrying two quarterbacks and then figuring out the rest. And this is a team that a, a, a few years back just brought in Matt Moore, like on a whim when Chad Henney got hurt and Patrick Mahomes that worked out pretty well and Matt Moore was fine. So I think the chiefs are comfortable. This has always been Andy's MO with these situations. Like, He's is just more comfortable with a seasoned veteran who has played a lot in the NFL than a, a guy like Shane Bouchelle who just doesn't have any experience. And I think this is actually probably long term, like a better thing for Shane, where now he's going to be able to if he clears waivers and maybe he gets claimed by another team, which could improve his situation going to a team that has a need for a backup quarterback where he can really compete for a 53 man roster spot. Or if he clears waivers and he wants to go talk to other teams and see what else is out there, maybe he can. And then if that doesn't work out, maybe he does come back to the chiefs practice squad, but he's a young player. And so I, I just think this is a good opportunity for him to see what else is out there. If he doesn't feel like he's ever going to secure a roster spot for the chiefs. Absolutely. You guys ready to talk running backs because we thought there was a competition for, for RB four here that, it started off to Eric Prince as the surprise of the preseason or the offseason program. Uh, then it was LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, and then the Chiefs went and just released both of them. So both of those guys were cut today. Um, I would assume they'd want one or both of them back on the practice squad. But is there a little bit of surprise here that uh, they're going with three running backs and those guys aren't among them? It's a total surprise for me. I wrote, I wrote an article earlier this year about um, undrafted free agents I thought would make it. Prince was one of them that I thought would make it. And then when you see P. Ryan come on in, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, pro, in the preseason, I'm like, okay. And then you see Prince try to take that dive. So you're like, okay, he'll be the fourth running back. And then I also had the thought like, okay, if, C, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not starting and he's not number two, do they figure out something to do with him? before you know the cut down day and keep and keep p ryan as the third if they only plan on keeping three so it was all these scenarios where i thought that we would only keep three but I, and i thought clyde would be the odd man out and eventually prince would be the practice squad but looks like clyde there was a lair mckinnon and pacheco's who, who the chiefs is rolling with i think i even said that that prince was at least at one point going to be the fourth running back if they kept four and he might be the third if they kept three um, they, that's obviously things have changed over the last couple of weeks. And you can see that trend in practice. You can see the reports coming out day after day. Hey, by the way, P Ryan's getting more reps and, and it, it surely was highlighted in the way they played in that last preseason game. And I know Staggs has always been a Clyde supporter, but I feel like a lot of people owe Clyde an apology because <laughs> Yeah. We've been going through this on show and BK because Brandon Kylie, I think I think he even tweeted this during the Chiefs preseason game, like like Lamichael P. Ryan is better than Clyde Edwards Alaire, which yeah, maybe, maybe he is. But the Chiefs value Clyde. And I thought that was pretty clear because initially it was like is Clyde getting the Ronald Jones treatment where he's getting all these preseason reps to try to get a team interested in trying to trade a late round pick for him or something like that. But 
we knew Jarek McKinnon wasn't going to play in the preseason. We knew Isaiah Pacheco was going to get very limited time in the preseason. I think Isaiah Pacheco had one carry in the entire preseason. And Clyde was getting the reps. And then after that, it, it was Prince and Pirine. And I really thought LeMichael Pirine had probably done enough to get to make the roster. But when you carry seven wide receivers, I, I think that's tough. When you have so many questions about your defensive line, I, I think it's tough to carry four running backs when – you know Pacheco's going to have a role. You know McKinnon's going to have a role. You know Clyde is a seasoned veteran running back who can step in and have a role and be a contributor if one of those guys isn't healthy or something like that. So it was always a long shot. Deneric Prince is the surprise here after all of the preseason hype and training camp hype, but I think the writing was on the wall for him when we saw that it was clear that he had lost his kick return job to Richie James. Mm -hmm. And once, once you don't have as an undrafted player, once you don't have that foothold in Dave Tobe's room, it's probably not a good call for you to make the roster. Yeah, you're right. I've been on, I've been trying to preach about Clyde for a long time. Now Clyde was a very productive player early last season uh, he had a, he had a lot of touchdowns early in the season. Got hurt, came back, and at that by that point that he was sort of out of the mix or out of the rotation. Financially, it didn't make a, a ton of sense for them to cut him this this season. You're talking about 2.7 million dollars in dead cap this year for for what? You're going to pay 2.7 million dollars to not have depth at the running back position. So to me, it never made sense to to cut Clyde. I could see the trade because the trade finances work out a little bit differently there. They'd save a little bit more on the trade than they would on the cut, but uh, he still can be a valuable NFL player. You got some highlight reel uh, Mahomes touchdown uh, throws from last year uh, going to Clyde. You know, he's not, he's never going to be a big yards per carry guy. He's never going to be a big breaking long touchdowns. Uh, but as that receiving back, as that uh, uh, guy who can come in and, and, uh, you know, take, take a lot of snaps and take some of that wear and tear off of Pacheco, I think it still makes a lot of sense for him to be on the roster unless they find a much, much better option. And to me, the fact that they let these two guys go says they don't have a much, much better option. I think, too, with the running backs, like it's, you know, Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts is a player that everybody's waiting to see if he got traded because he's a star running back and he's available and he did not get traded. But it's like when you're the Chiefs and you look at the running back room, you're like, what do we actually need out of our running backs? Because there's there's different things that certain teams need out of the running backs. And the Chiefs just need you to block. And the Chiefs need you to know where you're supposed to go when the ball snapped to Patrick Mahomes. Like, And occasionally rip off a run. But most of the time, they just need you to know your assignment because you're not going to get asked to carry the ball 20 times a game or something like that. And I think they have that in all three of the guys that they have on their roster. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Chiefs is like definitely with Pacheco, that that guy that can come in for a quarter, grind it out, and be able to run that clock out and, and be able to take care of that definitely helps out the Chiefs there. But I, I still think I don't know. I, I thought Pierre, I thought Pierre was going based off what he showed the last couple of games. I definitely thought he was going to be be um, be one to make the roster. I, I definitely seen that coming. I was shocked when I seen the Heat. Definitely got seen the Prince one come first. So when I seen the Prince news that he got released, I was like, P. Ron made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then when I seen the news that P. Ron got cut too, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, here we are. Clyde Clyde has officially made the roster. Just goes to show you preseason results do not matter. Uh, it's literally just where, where the coaches see players in their roles. And that's part of why I think another guy I wanted to talk about 
who made the wide receiver room, everybody's favorite, Justin Ross, on the 53-man roster. Uh, there was a lot of times where I didn't believe it was going to happen, uh, but it seems like he was steadily making the most of his opportunities. In fact, one of the most encouraging things I saw from him is that day he was carted off and then came back to practice the next day. So you're seeing this. He's, he's taking some hits. He's getting banged up. He's staying on the field. Uh, encouraging signs for a young player who struggled with injuries already so far in his career. But I don't think there's anybody out there who's disappointed that Justin Ross is one of the seven wide receivers that made this roster. Yeah, I, I, def, I definitely was happy when I seen that news come out for him making the roster. Um, I mean, what a great story, right? Everybody knows that. And, I mean, it goes to say that if he wouldn't have suffered those injuries, everybody thought he was going to be first-round, second-round pick at, at the latest, right? So, Brett V. Special, you you get somebody who was supposed to be up there, take them in, get them with the medical staff and bring them back. And I think kind of what just kind of solidified it for him, if you really just paid attention to his route running. Some of his route running you've seen throughout camp and some of the route running you've seen even in, even in some of the preseason games, it, w- it would have been hard to 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 let him go. I always kind of thought it was going to be between him and Richie James on that on that last, you know, fighting for that last spot. But then Richie James showed so much too. So it was like, man, we going is Andy really going to keep seven? That was always, I think, the biggest question because I think this is the first season there Andy kept seven wide receivers. So it was just a, a huge question on would he do it despite how good everybody was. But I don't think either either one of those guys make it back to a practice squad if you let a, a Richie James or, or, or a Ross go. So I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this year, how he fits in. I definitely see some red zone packages with him in. You know, the fact that he'll go up and get the ball, definitely taking kind of that Jody Forstner type package in there with him being out. So, so yeah, I'm excited to see Ross, as the rest of Chiefs kingdom probably is as well. It's And I really agree with what Maurice said about his route running ability because he's a player who, you know, he had the spinal fusion Thing that he was coming back from but he also was out last year with the foot injury and it was a significant foot injury that he had to work his way back from and so like seeing him run routes and not just run routes and, and get open and i know he was predominantly playing against like twos and threes in the preseason but he looked clean when he was running the routes like he looked good doing it and it looked like he was getting open with ease and when you're playing against second and third stringers, that's what you want to see. You want to see those guys are clearly better than the other guys that they are putting out there on the field. And I think that's what you saw with Justin Ross. But like, also, after the way the Chiefs have kind of marketed him to the fan base like all offseason, like, right. they would have freaked out if Justin Ross didn't <laughs> make this team. Like We knew for a fact Justin Ross was making this team. But it is a great story, and I hope he continues to be – uh, an, an amazing story for them this season. Like, I hope he's not just on the roster. I hope he is a contributing player who makes plays for the Kansas State Chiefs. Absolutely. We're, Stern and I are just here to, to back up what Maurice is saying because <laughs> uh, what I was trying to get at earlier, and, and you made this point exactly, is, is sometimes it's not about who's the best player uh, in the preseason, but do they find a specific role, something that they can do unique that other players on the roster maybe don't. And for Justin Ross, that is that red zone ability. It is what Jody Fortson would have been doing had he been healthy and still here. I think that injury to Jody Fortson may have done more to solidify Ross' a spot on this roster than just about anything else. Uh, again, other than his ability to stay on the field. I think those are the two things that we're missing. 
But yeah, route running translates, and and I think if you you got a player who can get open and is that red zone threat, you can find work for him. We got some great comments. Thanks everybody for joining us live on the Out of Structure Podcast special for Cut Down Day. Uh, thanks to Larry McGill for uh, all the clarifications and points you're putting out there. There's also a question here from TC Riley 27. Have you guys seen any waived or released players from other teams that would interest you uh, in in seeing the Chiefs bringing them in? Um, I've been so focused on the Chiefs stuff. I'm not really paying attention to what other teams are doing, but that's something once we get out of here and we get through the initial reaction and get the official 53-man roster, then I'll kind of start looking at everybody else's stuff. Um, I know a big one was Albert O was supposed to get cut by the Denver Broncos, but then in Eagles fashion, Howie Roseman swoops in, sends a late-round pick to acquire him. Uh, those are the kind of moves you'd like to see the Chiefs make, but mm-hmm. it, it's something that's been brought up multiple times by John Dixon and Jared Sapp at Arrowhead Pride, like, I think the Chiefs' hands are kind of tied right now, money-wise. So I, I don't know exactly what they're going to be looking to do because of the Chris Jones thing, because they have to free up money to sign their 53 and practice squad. Like, I just think things are really tight right now. And so I think the Chiefs are going to be – it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 24 hours with the Chiefs and if they do actually try to make any waiver moves or anything. Yeah, I think the cap issue is going to be there. Uh, there'll be some moves yet to come. I'm sure they will pick up somebody else. I mean, they've already acquired one player uh, via trade. Again, for those of you just joining, that is a defensive tackle uh, that came from the Raiders uh, of all places that, uh, again, may have a shot to make this roster, may not. And, and we've read you know, a lot or, or not a lot into that move. But, yeah, Keeping an eye on other players that are out there, I would assume they're going to make a couple more moves, but I haven't seen anything so far. Alberto being the one that that I was at least mildly interested in. Other than that, I haven't seen anybody else. Uh, there's been a few corners, maybe a couple guys I like coming out in the draft that uh, just haven't panned out for their respective teams. Uh, but when the flurry of move happen, moves happen like this, it might take a little bit for the dust to settle and for us to see who else is out there. And I will say we're about 45 minutes past the deadline and the Chiefs have still not released their official 53-man roster, which to me says they have to have all that stuff into the NFL by 3 p.m. and like have it all official. But I still think there's some things going on that they're trying to figure out last minute, and that's why we haven't gotten the initial roster yet. So Yeah, they, they definitely want to have those one-on-one conversations with people who make and don't make the roster. There's a lot of those things that go on behind the scenes, and I'm sure uh, they want to do it in the right way or in the right order. But, yeah, that deadline at 3 o'clock was to get those moves into the league. They can care less when they tell the rest of us as we sit and wait. Um Is there anybody, while we wait, is there anybody that you guys were just pounding the table for, like, that's my guy, I want to see them make the roster at all costs, Uh, whether we've heard about their their fate yet or not? Is there somebody you were pounding the table for? Yeah, for me, it was Khalif Halasi. I I kind of follow him just through the draft process and everything. I was surprised when he didn't get drafted. I thought he was going to go late round to somebody – in every kind of mock draft that I did, I, I kept I kept taking them for the Chiefs like the sixth or seventh round. So I was happy when I seen them when I seen them um, get uh, signed as an undrafted free agent. But then when he made that first interception in the preseason, the first preseason game, we jumped at him like, okay, okay, he's making some buzz because you really hadn't heard anything about him throughout camp. So 
Um, I thought he was very sticky in man coverage, good, good and press. I'm definitely hoping he makes it back to the practice squad, but I was definitely pounding the table thinking he might be able to be that, that sixth corner or that fifth corner. But yeah, when I seen him get released, I was like, man. So that's what that's who I was pounding the table for, definitely. So who's your guy? Uh, I like Maurice's pick. Um because I think that interception he had in the preseason was athletic. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough play. Um, so he was a guy that I, I thought the Chiefs really liked. And then another guy that I really liked and that was a good training camp story was Echo Boydo. And, mm-hmm. you know, early on in camp, Nazee Johnson was getting a ton of time. And it seemed like the Chiefs were really confident that he could be like a potential rotational corner for them. And then he tears his ACL and Echo Boydo got tons of time and he was this undrafted local player who the chiefs were really positive about and seemed to really like. And so I I was hoping he would have a strong chance of making the roster just because I thought it was a really good training camp story. And, um, you know, he doesn't make the roster. It's tough to make a 53 man roster in the NFL, but hopefully he works his way back to the practice squad or hopefully he showed enough that somebody else will pick him up. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. Instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I think he'd be an ideal practice squad candidate. He definitely showed out in preseason. But yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are loaded with young corners, and so it's not going to be – that's not going to be easy for any of those guys. I was rooting for Danny Sheldon. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, it's against a player that I like coming out of the draft and it hasn't really panned out to his to his full ability in the NFL. But just a mountain of a man, even after losing some weight, uh, you know, he can be can be really a force in there. And I think having a change at that nose tackle position uh, would have been would have been fun to see. Again, he's a vested veteran, so he's not waived. It doesn't he doesn't have a chance to get claimed by another team. So there's always a chance that they'll re-sign him maybe right after roster cuts, maybe after week one when those veteran salaries are no longer guaranteed and he can he can be brought in on a non-guaranteed contract uh, after that, maybe something with some incentives in it. So we'll see what happens with him. I got a feeling we haven't seen the last of him, but I, I certainly think he did everything he could to make this roster. Yeah, I'll definitely I, – I, I'll definitely – I mean, because he showed out in preseason, like you can see – you can see just with the little weight loss that he got, he was a little bit more fluent in his movement. Um, he played some solid games up to the game, you know, game three. But I think he really needed a strong showing there too to to probably make that 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 last push for it. But I definitely hope to see him back. Um, definitely think if he doesn't sign somewhere else, he he kind of like you said earlier made it clear that he didn't want to be 
another practice squad guy. Um, but if nobody else picks him up, I'm sure he'll still come back and take that practice squad money. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I know BJ Thompson was a draft pick this year, but like him making the initial 53 is kind of a long shot player. I, I think says, says a lot about what the chiefs think about him. And, you know, he, I think he pretty much took the spot of Joshua Kando, who was another late round draft pick by the chiefs. Um, but he's a player who's just been injured a lot and has struggled to find his way onto the field. And so he's stuck around the last couple of years and actually had some nice moments in the chiefs preseason finale. But just ultimately, I think, I think that's really what it came down to is like BJ Thompson's younger. We just drafted him. He's a developmental guy. Who's got a lot of tools in like his speed rush and athleticism. And they just decided that they wanted to keep that over a guy like Joshua Kando. Want to get you guys on the record here, over under, how many players did Pete get right on his 53-man prediction 4.0? I'm going to set the over under at 48. Over under 48 for Pete's 4.0. I'd say over. I bet he got like 49, 50. I bet there's only a couple. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go under as well because I think there's some moves yet to come. If you compare right now with what we know so far, he had LaMichael P. Ryan on there. Uh, obviously, at this point, that's that's one down. Um, he also had Deion Bush, so that's two. Um, he had Shane on there. He nah. did have Shane Bouchelle. That's three. So we're already <laughs> at 50, Serta. You, you, you might have taken the wrong side of this particular battle. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, oh, well, whatever. Chiefs <laughs> made a mistake, cutting Shane Bouchelle. Any other um, surprises or intriguing players? I've got two that I'm curious to see what happens with them. Let's see if you guys have any last-minute predictions for uh, – maybe you all have some as well. Just players that we still don't know their fate, but it's kind of intriguing to see what happens. Uh, I'm going to start the bidding with a Nico Remigio. Uh, what do we think is going to happen – and we're pretty sure he has not made the roster as a receiver. We think we know the seven receivers that are on the roster. Uh, is this a guy that sticks around? Uh, is his injury serious enough that they could, you know, give him a redshirt year? What do you think happens with with our boy Nico? I think if they can give him a redshirt year, that would be ideal for him. Um, but I, I honestly see even if they don't get him trying to make it back to the practice squad, I think he does – had a course big game one where you know it was nice so it's obvious he ain't part of the seven that 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 made it but i think if they can get him on a red shirt year that'll probably be ideal to kind of keep him in keep him around without using up a spot for him on the practice squad so yeah yeah i i, I hope he makes it back in, in some form or fashion or sticks around in some form or fashion and i i think with him too it kind of depends on and maybe we'll learn something about this in the next 24 hours or maybe we won't. Um, but I think depending on the move, it says something, uh, but it's Kadarius Tony and the chiefs seem to be optimistic that he can play week one. But as you guys know, he got hurt on the first day of training camp. And so we, we just went an entire training camp without seeing Kadarius Tony involved at all in practice in any way. So I think him being available for week one, it would be I would be shocked if he's somehow on the field and playing for the Chiefs week one. But 
if he's not healthy yet and they think he needs more time, he is like a pup candidate. And if they put him on the pup list, he had to make the initial 53 man. But if they put him on the pup, he's going to be out the first four games of the season. So that's the Chiefs committing to saying he's not quite healthy enough for something. Not, like not to fact check the Asserta, but uh, he won't be eligible for the pup because he practiced during training camp. Uh, but you can put him on the injured reserve list uh, okay. after the initial 53 and then they'll uh, – Short-term then he be, IR or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd be eligible to return as early as, what, four weeks? Four um, weeks yeah. And then, uh, you know, start practicing uh, pretty pretty early on. So, um, yeah, that IR with that designation to return, I got a feeling there's a handful of candidates for that uh, on this roster. I've heard a couple names brought up that I, I wasn't expecting, like Nick Allegretti. Um, I mean, Legereus Sneed. Obviously, some guys who have been battling some injuries – uh, would be interesting to see if any of those guys end up uh, making the initial roster, but then going on uh, injured reserve as of tomorrow. Anybody who goes on injured reserve before the deadline is out for the season. So I think that's going to be a big distinction is if you see the announcement come out, we have placed so-and-so on injured reserve and it's coming out now, uh, that guy is out for the year. It's only those that make the roster today that can go on that reserve injured reserve tomorrow that actually have a chance to return. So the way they play those in those injury designations could be really interesting. Yeah. I, I think too, I'm, I'm pretty surprised uh, with the offensive line and like, I really, really thought we were going to see, and there was actually quite a few trades today, a bunch of kicker trades for some reason. I don't know what that was about, right. but, <laughs> uh, but I, I really, really thought, and I know Ron Kopp has talked about this a lot, and we've talked a lot about uh, a lot about it on Arrowhead Pride. But I mean, the Chiefs just have a lot of offensive linemen, and you know, Darian Kennard, second-year player, so maybe you don't want to move on from him. Uh, but Lucas Niang is a guy who's been around for several years, struggled to stay healthy, but has shown that he's probably an NFL offensive lineman. Like could could net some value from somebody like a mid round pick or something like that and provide a uh, valuable offensive line depth. And Prince Sega Winogo is a guy that they seem to really like. And so, and then you factor in third round pick Wanya Morris. Like uh, I just, I, I really thought we were going to see them move an offensive lineman and I'm kind of shocked that we didn't. And that it didn't really like they, they didn't wind up like cutting one of those guys either. Cause it's just a lot of guys to carry on the roster like that. Yeah. That was my next guy I wanted to talk about was Prince Sega Winogo because he he's really, I think he's taking a step forward this offseason. Mm. He's somebody that they seem to trust as their backup left tackle. I'm not sure that they've got another guy that has shown enough as a backup left tackle uh, to make this roster. So uh, for my money, I've been keeping Prince on this roster, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with Lucas Niang because Wani is making the team. If Prince makes the team also, I, I don't know what role or what purpose keeping Lucas Niang uh, serves at this point. I think he'd be somebody that they should, if they haven't already, really give a strong look to trying to trade. Yeah, he's the one that I thought was going to be traded somehow. I, of course, you know, Morris being drafted this year, third round, um, I, I knew that he wasn't going to go anywhere, but he didn't look too strong at left tackle yet, but he looked like he can be a viable option to be up the back of right. So then, you know, you know, Lucas Niang always kind of stayed on that right side and looked more comfortable on the right than the left as well. So that kind of locks in Prince right there for the backup at left. So Niang is really dumb. Can't carrying five five tackles just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So 
I would definitely still probably see a, some type of move coming with, with Lucas Niang. And you would think that you can get some type of draft compensation for him. Somebody has to be looking for some depth there on the offensive line where you can get something for him. Yeah, I, I feel like those are – you see those guys get traded all the time, like for fifth-round pick or whatever. Like, Because I, I think Lucas Niang has shown enough this preseason, like – he could be a solid backup offensive lineman in the NFL or a guy that can give you some valuable reps as long as he's healthy and can stay on the field. Um, so I would think they would be able to find some value in him. But I, I think while we're still waiting for them to finalize this 53-man roster, um, uh, I think we'll see them be kind of busy over the next eight days or whatever leading up to the NFL kickoff. You got any other names that you're curious to see what happens with them that's still up in the air? The linebacker group, I'm kind of just curious of how that how how that depth is going to roll. I know I know it came out that Cam Jones was making the team, so you what you got Cochran, that's that's still kind of up in the air. What they're going to do with him if he's going to make it back to the practice squad? I'm just interested to see how, what the depth positions is going to look like um, behind the starting linebackers there. And safety, Deion Bush was kind of surprised. I'm wondering if he, if they're going to bring him back. So. I was actually – that was who I was thinking um, because he's a player that they really seem to like. But he is a veteran player, so he's not going to be subject to waivers. So they can bring right. him back on the practice. So he's at least one of those players that, you know, they can make a handshake deal. Like, we got to cut you right now, but we're, we we got to make some transactions to bring you back later. And, and I think, you know, um, unfortunately for him, I think Chamari Connor – play in the preseason it just kind of made him expendable but not necessarily a guy that they aren't still interested in bringing back to the practice squad because Jamari Connor was on the field a lot in the preseason and Spax was using him a lot and in a lot of fun ways too so I, I think that they got more than they were necessarily expecting out of Jamari Connor and you know and then you have the veteran in Mike Edwards that they seem like they, they know they can rely on in, in a pinch if they need him to play a lot or something like that. So it was just kind of Deion Bush was just the odd man out in that safety room. Yeah, they they typically carry 10 defensive backs, and there's a chance that they go six corners, four safeties, as opposed to going five and five. It kind of depends on, on who they like. Maybe it depends on the health of Nick Jones being that last corner. Uh, maybe there's a, there's another guy they decide to keep there. I know they liked Anthony Cook, or what they like what they saw from him this preseason. He was released uh, with the option to come back to the practice squad, uh, hopefully. So, but there's not a ton of other safeties in the mix for this team. So, if it if it's not Deion Bush, and if he ends up on the practice squad, then there's a decent chance they only go with four safeties, and they just have an extra corner. Um, I did think of a player uh, that got cut today that, and this is more, I don't want them to bring this player back. It's Damian Williams. Um, he got <laughs> released this afternoon and I saw a lot of people like bring him home, bring him back to, at least to the practice squad or something. Yeah. Damian Williams is done. I'm sorry. Like he's a Super Bowl hero. We'll have yeah. fond memories of him for the rest of our lives. Damian Williams is probably done in the NFL. He doesn't belong on the Chiefs roster. There's better guys out there that they can go give practice squad uh, spots to. Another one for that category is Marcus Kemp, uh, wide receiver and special teams. Uh, Marcus Kemp's going to wind up on this team. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Kemp's going to make his way back probably. I know, but come on. With all the promising young receivers they've got, do you really want to see them? Dave Tove. Dave Tove's going to be like, go get him. Go get my go guy. Go get my guy. <laughs> Dave Tobe is going to send his jet to get him. Yeah. 
So here we are at four o'clock central time, and we have yet to see anything official. Um, last year, by this time, we were we were deep in the throes of talking about who's going to be on the practice squad. Uh, there's a lot of candidates for the practice squad this year, and I think it can be particularly loaded, especially with the new practice squad rules that have come in over the last couple of years. You can have six veterans on your practice squad with unlimited amounts of experience uh, out of that 16-man t- uh, group. Uh, I think they could have a fairly loaded practice squad if some of these guys get through and end up getting signed back there with the depth of this team. Is there anybody that's, uh, uh, that you're hoping for to – to continue developing on the practice squad. Um, I, I mean, I hope, hopefully it's echo Boydo and players like that, because I, I think it, it's a really underrated part of the chiefs over the last several years, but they have pr- proven that this coaching staff can really develop corners and they can find them from all over the place and, and get a lot out of them. So I think those guys who flashed in the preseason working their way back to the practice squad, even though the chiefs are top heavy in the cornerback room right now, um, you know, and we still don't know what's going on with LeJarrius Sneed, but I'm not optimistic LeJarrius Sneed's going to play week one uh, with that knee injury that basically held him out all the training camp. So uh, I, I just think those guys being able to get back uh, to the practice squad and have an opportunity to continue to work with the chiefs coaching staff and in that room, I think it's valuable for those guys like that. So we do have breaking news. The Chiefs have officially tweeted out or, or X'd out their mandated 53-man roster. 53 man roster. Uh, starting to look through this list, not a lot of big surprises on it. I think most everybody that they've waived or released have has been uh, who you would expect to see. Uh, looking down the list, some things that are maybe a little bit surprising. Uh, we did talk about injuries. Uh, Nico Ramijo was waived injured. That's somebody who could revert back to IR uh, or they could give an injury settlement. Same thing with Jerome Carvin, the offensive lineman out of Tennessee. Mm. And, uh, man, I'm not even going to try with this name, but the linebacker out of Rutgers as well uh, was waived injured. Uh, they did put Chris Jones on the reserve do not did not report list. Uh, so they'll have the roster exemption for Jones at this point. Uh, and they announced the two trades in addition to the rest of their moves. As you look through this list of, uh, of players that were released uh, or or waived, is there anybody that stands out that we hadn't talked about yet? Well, they Kennard. did waive Darian Kennard. Kennard, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that that's a surprise. I mean, he, he was a late-round pick last year, and – you know, just watching him in the preseason, it just doesn't seem like he's taken any significant steps. And he wasn't active last year. Like, he, he wasn't a guy that got on the field for the Chiefs. So, I, I guess it's not a surprise when I was just talking about all the offensive line depth. And I was like, what are they doing carrying all these guys? I guess it makes sense that they released Darian Kennard. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, a practice squad candidate, too. somebody who could easily come back, hasn't shown enough or really anything in the NFL yet. So, I wouldn't think that other teams are, you know, really in on – on Darian Kennard at this point. Yeah, he jumps off to me, and then, of course, we finally seen the, the Bushman release it. I was waiting to see if we was going to carry four tight ends or not, so it looks like they, mm-hmm. they're going with the three the three tight ends. Uh, so I, I was I was worried that they would go three tight ends, definitely being that they, they cut out the, you know, the uh, the fullback position. Mm-hmm. So, so, of course, with jo- Jody being hurt, you was wondering if Bushman would make that leap, but he kind of had a couple of bad drops this last – his last preseason game that didn't didn't go too well for him, so it's kind of interesting there how, how how that shapes up with the kind of fullback position and no four tight end, how that's going how that's going to look. But I still think it's kind of deep at 
deep at defensive linemen and offensive linemen is where they kind of carry some extra bodies that look besides the seven receiver. Yeah, I think Matt Bushman was a guy we were kind of looking out for because um, he really made a lot of plays in the preseason and like was really looking good in training camp. But uh, we, I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey's not going anywhere, and they're really, really high on Noah Gray and just the amount of wide receivers they were going to have to carry into the season. It was always going to be tough. And then, you know, Blake Bell is, is a guy that they're just going to keep around. Uh, yeah. He's going to keep making this team for a while, probably until, until somebody else gives them a reason to cut him. Uh, but other than that, and, and Darian Kennard, I don't think there's any other major surprises other than the guys that we already knew. Like Cornell Powell had some nice moments this preseason, but he is a late round pick who is just kind of stuck around on the Chiefs practice squad. And in that deep wide receiver room, we knew he just wasn't going to make the roster. Maybe he's still a practice squad candidate, but I would have to imagine the Chiefs are probably just moving on from Cornell Powell at this time. DiCaprio Boodle is another name we just talked about uh, that was uh, waived. Uh, he's the cornerback who was the loudest man in training camp, the guy in the middle of all the the kerfuffles that came up, but also uh, the guy who got the biggest cheers when he got an interception in the, the third preseason game. So uh, clearly somebody that's that's been a big part of this team, uh, at least uh, at the bottom end of the roster, could easily be a practice squad candidate. Well, we got a 53, and we got an answer on Chris Jones, at least for now. Um, yeah, that's gonna yeah. that's gonna be interesting over the next week or so. Uh, watching how that unfolds, um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty confident Chris Jones is gonna miss games to start the season now. Yeah. All right. So yeah. as we talk about the offensive line, looks like Mike Caliendo made the made the roster. This is a, a player that a couple folks had had talked about that they liked last season as he came in as an undrafted free agent. Um, unless I'm missing something, it looks like he made this initial 53-man roster over the man we just talked about, Darian Kennard. I just think, that it can, like, like like Stephen said, like Kennard just didn't, sit, didn't take a big enough leap forward. Like you could tell the struggles he had last season – and you kind of still seeing those those struggles shining and shining through this year. Like it just wasn't the big leap that you would have liked to see. Definitely with all, you know, that the, the you know, even being a late round pick last year, there was a kind of a lot of talk and hype around him coming in, definitely trying to be that right tackle, but eventually everybody knew he probably would get moved to guard. But you just haven't really seen him take that that, that step forward. Yeah, I, I think with Kennard, it, it it was that thing where it was always like kind of too small to be an NFL tackle um, and then you know transitioning to guard and I think he played some guard in the preseason and just didn't look particularly good there and you know we know the Chiefs are kind of stacked on the interior of that offensive line anyway so it was just always going to be uh, rough for Darian Kennard to, to make it I'm surprised that he didn't stick around but yeah I just don't think that he had shown the signs of improvement that they look for in that kind of guy to to make this team on what's probably the deepest Chiefs roster that we've had in a long time. So did keep six linebackers, Jack Cochran being released uh, into Cam Jones. Uh, so that's a little bit of an interesting development there. I think this linebacker room is much improved because of Drew Tranquil. That guy has, has really come in and shown a lot of what they hoped he could be, I think, in the preseason. I think he, he's going to have a monster role this year uh, on this team. But uh, – you know, there's still the development of, of Leo Chanel as well. I know he had that hit pointer this last week, but 
uh, assuming that he's healthy and good to go. I'm not sure how much those last two receiver or those last two linebackers should see the field unless it's on special teams. Yeah, if, I, I feel like if Chanel, I think that his hit that hit point may make him miss a little bit, and it may be the reason they keep six. <laughs> so I think if that injury doesn't turn out to be the same, I would say if they do make a move and try to bring some people in, that's where you're probably going to see one of those spots open up real quick. I think they're probably on on that bubble <laughs> for for the rest of the season, probably. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. Make sure you uh, don't sign any any mortgages or any long-term uh, uh, other financial commitments if you're some of these guys who who may be on that bubble. It's hard to tell at, at first glance, but if you had to say your your last three on, the last three guys that made the roster, Mike Caliendo is probably one of those. Cam Jones is probably another. Uh, I'm not sure who the who the third guy is, but uh, there's a, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys there that are, their, their fortunes are not uh, not done yet, not sealed yet. Like I said, I think we're going to see the Chiefs pretty busy over the next couple of days, too. That's kind of how these things go, too. Even after you set your initial 53, then as we were talking about, like other guys that are getting waved across the league, like players that they've shown interest in in the past become available, and they decide, well, we'd rather take a chance on this guy than that guy. And it'll still be a busy couple of days as they kind of tighten up the back of the roster. But we, we know what the chiefs are going to be rolling into week one with at least outside of, uh, you know, Legereus need and Chris Jones right now. That's why they call it the initial 53 and not the final 53. We're really careful to use those words uh, as this announcement comes out. Thanks to everybody for joining us on the live edition of the out of structure podcast. Uh, We can go ahead and wrap up there unless anybody has any final parting thoughts. Uh, before we get out of here um just make sure you're on the lookout for all of our content at arrowheadpride.com uh pete and john will have a bunch of stuff up for you here pretty quick on on the chief's initial 53 man roster we'll have all kinds of write-ups from our entire team as always make sure you subscribe rate and review everything that we're doing on the arrowhead pride podcast network because we got a lot of stuff coming out this week as we get you guys ready for week one against the detroit lions Absolutely. Go out there and sign up and subscribe for the newsletter that, you, that that's coming out weekly. So you can go to Arrowhead Pride Twitter and see that post and you can sign up for that. Get that exclusive content um, from Arrowhead Pride and ready for this season to start. Ready for ready for the real season to start. Ready to get back to it. All right, gentlemen. I'm Matt Stagner here with Maurice Elston, Steven Serta. Thanks, everybody, for being on. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. And we'll, we'll talk to you again soon on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. 